We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With US Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. US Bank credit cards are issued by US Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. You know, it's 12.02 right now. If they want to fire me at 12.05, I'll go home and find something to do. I'll have a good day. The three amigos are back. Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by BetMGM. It's Friday, December fourth, twenty twenty. Alex Berutha here with Shannon McEwen, and on the, well, they're, they're both on the line today. Uh, Ken K. Train Kreitz. All aboard! This podcast is available on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, Rotowire.com. Feel free to leave a nice review. And yes, we are also on video now via YouTube for those of us, or for those of you, <laughs> us. We're just going to watch this back. We're the only people who are going to tune into the YouTube it's channel. Get six views, each of us twice. <laughs> Today, we're going to touch on news. Uh, offseason winners and losers is the main topic. But first, uh, Nick and I discussed this yesterday, but the world is still ablaze uh, because John Wall. And Russell Westbrook were traded for each other. In your Washington Bullets hat, I would like you to give us the perspective uh, from Washington side. 
Well, hey, the Wizards are grasping at straws to keep Bradley Beal in town. They feel like he's the star to build around. And this is maybe the best straw they could grab uh, to convince Beal that the Wizards can be competitive. Um, everyone, you know, the, there was no secret that Beal and Wall were not getting along. You know, at the more national level, it was about Westbrook and Harden griping. But in Washington, everyone knew that Beal and Wall didn't get along. Their denials of uh, disliking each other seemed pretty phony. Um, but also Wall, best case scenario after these multiple Achilles issues and his prior knee injury, best case scenario is an 80% John Wall. The history of basketball players returning from bad Achilles tears is not good. Um, so, you, you, you know, they both have absurd contracts. People are like, ah, oh my gosh, the Wizards are taking on this terrible Westbrook contract. It's just as terrible as John Wall's. And frankly, yeah, Russell Wilson was a little dinged up, but I think it's a pretty good lock that he's going to play 85% of the Wizards' games this year. Um, he's sure going to be a heck of a lot healthier than Wall. People forget he was third-team All-NBA, uh, even with his shooting woes last season. Um, so this gives the Wizards a much higher floor in a not particularly competitive Eastern Conference. I think they've got to make that play in tourney. And uh, why the heck not? I have a lot of friends in D.C. They're all happy. They're just like, goodness, give us a change. Give us a, re a reason to go to the arena. And for them, this is a good reason. But Shannon, how do you view this from uh, the Houston side of things? Yeah, it's a similar similar relationship to Beal and Wall with Harden and Westbrook. It just seems like they didn't really fit together well, you know, like they did back in their OKC days. It was just a different dynamic with the Rockets. And I, I think the Rockets had to do something. You know, they, they obviously don't want to trade Harden. So this was the move they had to make. Um, you know, getting the first round pick uh, is a nice little incentive. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's protect protected, but yeah, we'll yeah. see. If we actually, do get that pick uh, with Wall fitting into the, the Rockets lineup. It's it's comparable to Westbrook. You know, he's not he's not a good he's not a very good shooter. He, he's not good from downtown. Um, just like Westbrook, um, remains to be seen how well his athleticism is going to return to form. Um, but I don't think it's a horrible fit. I think the Rockets are going to be competitive. The, the one positive about the Rockets is they still have James Harden. And for me, it's hard to envision a team with James Harden not being in the playoffs. So, I mean, they're going to win 45 to 50 games, I feel like, just by having him on the roster. Alex, what stands out to you most about this, this swap? Well, I think I, the more I looked at it, you know, I, I really do think Washington won the trade. Um, it, yeah. Being able to keep Beal happy, um, being they're going to be competitive, like you mentioned, Ken in the East. I, I so I like it for them um, for the same amount of you, the and the draft the pick they did, they gave up wasn't that it was it was pretty well right. protected. It, it it might move six years from now conceivably. <laughs> right, um, and I think I think. I guess for Houston, the thing that stands out to me is just like they continue to gain assets for the future, right? When they tra they traded Robert Cummington for two first round picks, one of those was in this draft, and they yeah. traded Russell Westbrook and ended up getting 
what will likely be a first round pick, even though it's very far down the line. Um, Houston is closer to admitting they're in rebuild, I think, than Washington is. Yeah, I think so. Um, the fit isn't great, but I, Wall is a better shooter than Westbrook, um, as sad as that is to say. And Wall's <laughs> a better defender. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not confident in the fit at all. I think I think the Rockets are moving towards trading Harden, but um, you know they're they're going to want to start the season with him. Yeah. Well, let's move to other news because uh, for those who want to know more about Wall and Westbrook trade, uh, Alex and RotoWire NBA editor Nick Whalen did a whole pod on this yesterday, so that's up. Uh, let's move to Miami, gentlemen. Goran Dragic saying his foot feels quote great and hasn't given him any trouble. Uh, you know, let's give a belated tip of the hat to Dragic's uh, stellar postseason. As he helped the Heat get to the finals via 19.1 points, 4.4 dimes, and 2.2 uh, playoff per playoff game. Gutted through that right foot injury, which apparently is okay now. Maybe not great for Tyler Hero owners, hoping Hero would get a big boost in minutes if Dragic was limping. Um, but don't you guys kind of expect the Heat to rest Dragic again during the regular season? Yeah, I, I yeah. go ahead, Shannon. Go ahead, Al. I I do. I think it's going to play out uh, very similar to this past season. Um, you're you're going to have Hero and Nunn be leaned on, um, possibly even more heavily than they were in their rookie year. In their rookie years, I, not possibly, definitely leaned yeah. on. And and Dragic I think that's thirty five. Yeah, and from a fantasy perspective, I mean, that's built into Drogic's ADP at this standpoint as well. I mean, you're not drafting him in the sixth or seventh round. You're not drafting him based on his bubble or playoff play. You're drafting him based on what he did during the regular season last year and the expected growth from Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero. So, yes, I expect the Heat to, to really lean on the younger guys even more so this year. And that'll ding Drogic's uh, fantasy fantasy impact. Alex, what do you think we? Uh, Shannon mentioned none. What do we read into the Heat? Frankly, not giving a lot of minutes to none and Leonard in the bubble, and they're in the playoffs. Uh, you know, we've got Leonard starting at power forward. Do we should we read too much into that, or or read more into it? What about those guys not doing well in the bubble? Uh, well, I think none just wasn't ready. Um, or maybe he didn't come to the bubble prepared. I think they like none. I think they're going to continue to try to get none, you know, real rotational minutes, probably at least 20 minutes a game. For Myers Leonard, I think a lot of that is he's not a great playoff player in general. I mean, you saw that with Portland. He he didn't always get a ton of run. And a lot of his minutes in the regular season are kind of just to give, like, bam, some time off. Mm-hmm. Um, not have him Filler. always... Yeah, he, I mean, that way, you know, Myers Leonard can take some center assignments, bam. He's the white rice of the meal, you're saying? <laughs> yeah, he, he eats, I mean. The cold there bread are, on the side. <laughs> there there are a lot of guys in the league who get paid to eat up regular season minutes. And Myers Leonard is one of them. Robin Lopez was one of them for the Bucks. Um, JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, for to some extent, for the Lakers. So I think he's just one of those guys. Um, he's not a great fantasy player. I don't think none will be a great fantasy player. And I think Dragic will end up getting drafted too high based on what we saw in the postseason. But um, I mean, for yeah. what it's worth, I think every minute they give the none instead of hero is kind of a mistake. Hero has the bigger upside to me, but maybe I'm too enthralled with how well hero did in the playoffs. 
No, yeah, I'm, the I'm, difference. Yeah, I, I'm with I'd you. On the that. Yeah, the difference being, you know, none none's more of a strictly point guard where Hero can play um, the two, and Butler slides over to the three. Um, I mean, for, for from a fantasy perspective, Hero's got he's going in like the 75 range right now. Yeah. Uh, none and Dragic are both like in 130, the 130 range. So. You're drafting none or Drogic as a bench guy, um, whereas Hero, you're going to want to start him. So, you know, it, it's I would take everything with a grain of salt with with all three of those guys and what happened in the bubble and the playoffs. It's not what it's not a true representation of their 2021 fantasy value. And it's a, I mean, that's just a really crowded backcourt too, and not a backcourt that I want to try to figure out like as a as a fantasy manager like trying to figure out who's going to get the minutes there. It's just a kind of situation where like, yeah, hero is a decent amount of upside, but the heat, you know, Eric Spolster uses a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys back there. I don't want to try to figure that out necessarily. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Alex, take us to a little more news out of Houston. DeMarcus cousins, who I, I can't even count the amount of times I forgot he was on the rockets. Uh, <laughs> he says he feels healthy. Um, I would, I, I like to preface that every player coming off an injury says they feel oh, amazing. Yeah. They feel the best <laughs> they've ever felt, but he says he feels good. So he's 30 right now. Um, coming off ACL, coming off Achilles. Shannon, do you expect anything from Boogie this year? Or is he a late round flyer for you on, on Houston? I will take him as a late round flyer. My my concern is, can he and Christian Wood play well together? Uh, I am very worried about the, that pairing on the defensive end in particular. Um, they're both good enough shooting from downtown that the spacing shouldn't be a huge issue. Uh, but the defensive end, I think, would be. So And plus, I, I know we've got a new coaching staff uh, with the Rockets, but... Their, their infatuation with P.J. Tucker, I don't expect to go away. Um, so <laughs> I, I, And Tucker I do House do play good it. D, not necessarily yeah. defense on legitimate centers, but they do play good D. Yes, yes. But yeah, Wood, I mean, the, the big question is, can Wood and Cousins play together? I, w- I will take a chance on Cousins, but uh, it's going to be, you know, a bench spot, end of the roster filler, uh, total flyer. Shannon, did, did Wood get a lot of minutes at center during his Pistons run? I always thought he was power forward. Well, no, he played a little bit of both. He, you know, he didn't, they didn't like him paired with, with uh, Blake when Blake was healthy. Um, uh, yeah, full disclo- disclosure here with Wood. There's a lot of people who love Wood. I think he's vastly overrated. Um I think he's able to put up stats on a bad team like the Pistons last year. Mm, uh, but I don't I don't think he's a, a winning player. So if the Rockets have playoff aspirations, I I'm skeptical that Woods gonna be uh, a main uh, a main contributor to that. Um, he'll get the minutes. They're paying him, but I don't I don't expect him to go out there and have twenty and ten with, with the Rockets. Got it. Um, you guys probably already heard this, but Anthony Davis and LeBron James have both signed extensions with the Lakers. Davis signed a five-year mega deal for $190 million. LeBron signed for two years, $85 million. Gentlemen, 
Can you think of any reason why the Lakers should not be the hands-down favorite to repeat as champions? I I think they should be the favorite. Um, I think they improved with getting Schroeder, with getting Gasol and Harrell over Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. And I think a lot of teams in the kind of second tier of title contenders got worse. Um, I think Boston got worse. I think Toronto got worse. Miami stayed the same. Um, The Clippers were just completely dysfunctional last year. I don't know if that's going to change. I think Milwaukee got a little bit better, so that might be their main challenger. But you could argue whether or not Denver got worse. They probably did, but we'll see what happens with Michael Porter Jr. So I think they got a little better while a lot of teams around them kind of got worse. Alex, you didn't mention former Buck Wes Matthews. How do you like that addition? Uh, it's fine. I don't think I don't think the difference between him and Danny Green is like extreme. Um, I think Danny Green's a little better, but not so much that it really matters when you're also getting Dennis Schroeder. And do we, uh, Shannon? What do you think of uh, Schroeder's comment or Schroeder's comment about he's going to start a point guard and James is going back to forward position? I don't think that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I don't, not either. But, but I, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be too crazy. I, I think uh, you know with Schroeder, the the best utilization for him is that six man role, um, and and he is a vast improvement over over what the Lakers had in that role last season. Um, but I mean, when I look at the Lakers roster, they are they are much better than they were this past season. You know, the additions of Schroeder, Wes Matthews, like Alex said, it's a downgrade from Green. Uh, but the the addition of Schroeder, you know, you still got Kuzma, Markeith Morris coming off the bench, Montrez Harrell, Mark Gasol. Like, that, that's a solid team. Those are solid upgrades that they made. And then you've got a guy like KCP. If KCP plays as well as he did in the bubble in the playoffs, uh, yeah, the Lakers are, are – Far and away should be the favorite, in, in my opinion, with the Bucks being the closest. Say what you will about playoff Rondo and all that. Schroeder seems like a better catch and shoot guy. I feel like I feel like James is going to have a lot more trust throwing it to him in the corner than Rondo. Absolutely. What do you? You know, I think the Montrez Harrell move though is a little overrated. I know he's coming off six man, but his his defense is terrible. And I know Gasol used to be all defense. Great switching, kind of great team D. He's not the rim protector anymore. I do wonder if they're going to miss a little of the D provided by JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. Um, but, you know, we know Davis will play a lot of center. I'm, I'm probably nitpicking here. Alex, no, tell us. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, that that's fair. I just think, like, during the regular season, he Anthony Davis clearly does not want to play center in the regular season. So a lot yeah. of these moves are just, like, again, for people to eat up center minutes. And I think that's fine for Harold and Gasol. Um, yeah. and, and I, I do look forward to seeing Harold and James play a little uh, pick and roll. I think that'll go well. Alex, tell us about our friends at BetMGM. Sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That's why BetMGM has teamed up with RotoWire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six-month RotoWire subscription when they place their first bet. App or their website, and once you make your first sports wager, you'll receive a season's length of RotoWire's unmatched sports sports Hello. insights. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sports books by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 
Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. Gamble. Do you have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada and 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Hopefully sooner than later, we'll be able to start listing the few states that don't have sports betting. <laughs> but at some point, we're going to get up to like 22 states that have it. And we're going to have to list all of them. <laughs> I'm going to need extra pay for the uh, lead, reading the legal uh, ease. Today's, Alex, take us to our main topic, sir. Yeah, today's main topic, uh, individual winners and losers from the offseason. So this is players, not teams. Uh, and this is from a fantasy perspective. So lots of player movement. Um, in an off season that some people expected to be more quiet, especially with not no high level free agents, but guys on expiring contracts, guys unhappy, league dynamic shifting. So a lot of guys got dealt. Um, I'm going to kick things off really quick. Um, I think for uh, some guys that will be stepping into bigger roles um, in the central division, Dante DiVincenzo and Kobe White, I think are two guys who were winners of the off season. I think the Bucks are still going to go ahead. Stop there for a minute, Alex. I, I mean, I hear you. I agree 100%. DiVincenzo, um, way more minutes with Milwaukee than if he had been in that Bagdanovich deal. But how do you see Kobe White's role changing? Well, he I, he should be the the flat out starter now. There's no Chris Dunn. Um, I mean, I, I think Kobe White will see 30 minutes a game. I mean, the. It's he's so not just gonna, the, the letting Dunn walk is the big offseason move that makes Kobe White a winner. You're saying. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I and mean, I think the franchise is just ready to trust him as a starting point guard. Now, I'm, I don't think he's going to average 20 points a game or 18 points a game. His shooting streak towards the end of the season was ridiculous last year. But if everyone's healthy for the Bulls, you know, if Markinen's healthy and he gets a bigger role, Levine's there, Otto Porter, Wendell Carter, they have pieces. Um but I think he was. I think he was definitely a winner. He looks. He looks in place to be a starting point guard in the NBA at this point. Yeah, Kobe. Kobe White. Uh, it's it's officially Kobe White hype season on this podcast. At least the Friday editions. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, I'm with. I'm with you, Al. <clears throat> totally with you. Um, you know, he blew up. You wrote about this, but he averaged like 24, four and four over the past 11 games of this, uh, the last 11 games of the season. He's. You know, there were numerous question marks last year. One, he was a rookie. Two, you had Sadoransky. How is he going to be involved? And Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn's gone. Um, We have a new coaching staff in Chicago, but I I think they're going to lean heavily on Kobe White. I think they know Kobe White is a part of that long-term future. Do they trust his ball handling more than Zach Levine? uh, I expect him and Zach Levine to uh, basically share ball, ball handling duties. Um, you know, neither one's going to be a, a big assist man, average seven or eight assists, but they're both going to average four or five. Um, they're going to ha- those are the two guys who are always going to have the ball in their hands for the Bulls. And I do expect Kobe White to score 20 points per game. I don't, I don't like, I don't think there's any question. I think he's going to be one of the best rookies from last year's class, um, long-term. And one of the ongoing themes 
of the Friday pod is rookies are always overrated and sophomores are always underrated every uh, fantasy draft. Well, Alex, while we're with you, why don't you pick out one of your losers? Uh, I, I guess just all the Hawks young guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fair. Like Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, who people were Cam excited Reddish. about at the end of the year. I was a little excited about him towards the end of the year. I was worried yeah. he was going to be a draft bust, but he ended up playing well. Um, and it, John Collins, to some extent, we can kind of go back and forth on that. And I think, Ken, me, you, and Nick have had a back and forth on John Collins. <laughs> we um, had some insane projections for Collins uh, well, the, when we started, when we started the fantasy projection process. Uh, right. You and Nick have knocked, knocked it down some. Uh, yeah, my point was just Capella is a legit center, which they haven't yeah. had since Collins has been there. Uh, and you sign Gallinari, who... Uh, it's funny to me though, Gallinari and Collins are somewhat similar, right? Uh, they both have defensive question marks. They both play a little more of a perimeter game at power forward than you'd like to maybe see. Um, so I, I just, uh, I like Collins's talent level, but those are two big additions that have to eat into his shots and minutes and rebounds. Right. The rebounding I'm a little concerned about. I still think he'll get backup center minutes because they don't really have a great other option. So I think he can still play low 30s, mid 30s, maybe. Um, but he's just a guy whose fa- whose stats translate to fantasy really well. Um, yeah. And, you know, he's been a great like last year. He was sixth in the league in true shooting percentage. That's not going to go away. He's been top 20 all three years of his career. So I don't know. How do you feel about that, Shannon? I I'm slightly worried about Collins just in the fact that you know, before they made all those moves, before they signed Gallinari or, you know, even even before they brought in Capella, I know that that was last season, but I was much higher on, on Collins. I would have had him as a easy top 20 player. Um, now he's more of a top 30 guy. Um, you know, it, you're looking at guys with uh, a similar ADP, Andre Drummond. I'm going to pick Collins over Andre Drummond. Um Bear. I'm going to pick Collins over Rudy Gobert. The only way I would go one of those other two options if, is if I ex- had an extreme value of blocks for whatever the league was. Or um, Collins still doesn't w- qualify at center, right? And you're in a two-center league. I think he will qualify at center in most formats, but... Probably, probably. Um, yeah, you know, but uh, I, I, would, I, I still okay. like him in that 25 to 35 range where I think he's he's going to be a good value there. Like you said, even with... Even if he's not playing 34 or 35 minutes and it's scaled back to 31, I still like him in 25 to 35 range. Well, you probably heard this, Alex. Uh, coach Hawks coach Lloyd Pierce on the Zach Lopod hinted at maybe playing the rooster, Gallinari, at the five some and said that he did that in international play, uh, guarding Jokic in some European international play. I don't know if he was joking around or serious, but maybe there'll be enough minutes. You know, that, you know they want to play DeAndre Hunter at power forward, too. Pierce just seemed very excited, and maybe a lot of it was coach speak, but you know, you'd rather have too much talent than not enough, and now he can actually make guys compete for gigs versus just handing it to young guys that don't have to worry about the, the player behind him. I agree, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up trading some of these young guys and just went all in. You know, If you can trade two yeah. of those three basically young guys for another piece— um, and just get as much talent on the floor as possible. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. But from a fantasy perspective, all those young guys, um, maybe with the exception of Collins, it's, it's pretty rough for them. 
Um, right, yeah, I'm going to dive in with my with my first winner, if you don't mind, guys. I'm going to go with Gordon Hayward. Winner for a few reasons. One big reason: four years, 120 million. Really like Gordon Hayward's agent, who spotted the supply and demand issue in this free agent period, and told Gordo to jump in. Um, other reason I like, uh, I think he's a winner, is he suddenly goes from being the fourth scoring option to probably the first scoring option. For the Hornets, I expect a lot more shots, a lot more floor time if he can stay healthy uh, for Hayward. He's not going to win as many games, that's for sure. But uh, fantasy-wise, I'm feeling a lot better about having Hayward in the Rotowire Keeper League. As you should. Yeah, he goes, yeah, like you said, he's going to be the number one option. Um, you know, Devontae Graham's going to handle the ball a lot, but you sign Hayward to a max deal to make him be probably your number one option. And I wouldn't be surprised if he, now I know he's like 30 now, so I'm not sure he'll exactly reach the heights he did in, in Utah when he made the all-star team. But at the same time, this team is worse than that Utah team and they'll need yeah. him more than Utah needed him that year. And they're in the East. So the, the upside, the upside potential is there. Yeah. I, I wouldn't blame anybody for drafting Gorgon Hayward, like 30th, you know, um, and just kind of banking on the upside injury risk is real, but he, he, I mean, if he's, he has a top 40 season, I don't think that would, that should be surprising to anybody. Now, Shannon, I've I, got Devonte Graham on my loser list because of both Hayward and the drafting of LaMelo ball. Am I overreacting? Uh, I, he's the one that I, he's the one player on Charlotte that I'm not as worried about. Um, really? I just, I, I think the backcourt's going to be ball and Graham. I think Rogier's the guy who's going to take the bigger hit. Um, you know, even with the front court with Hayward, uh, PJ Washington, miles bridges, I, I actually think Cody Zeller and, and their centers, I think they're going to play more small ball. Washington will play the oh, five. They'll still get yeah. minutes for Hayward and bridges at the two forward spots. Um, but I, it, it's I, I should point out Rozier sh- while Graham's counting stats, were better, did shoot better from the field last year. Graham was at 38.5%. Rozier, I think, was 42.8, around 43%. I mean, it was after four bad years of shooting at Boston, but Rozier did arguably have more accuracy from outside. Yeah, I mean, the big part of it there is that Graham's shooting like 25 three-pointers per game. Um, (laughs) Most of his volume's coming from downtown. Uh, I mean, that's an exaggeration slightly. It's 9.3, 3.3 per gram. a lot. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really what boosts, uh, Graham's, Graham's overall fantasy value. And, and I just think he, he proved that he's the better playmaker of the two on offense and setting up his teammates, you know, seven and a half assists is nothing to scoff at. I mean, that's, that's honestly an insane amount. Um, for a guy who had so many question marks or really was off the radar before last season. So I like I like Graham and Ball to be the two back main backcourt guys um, and Rogier to take a bigger hit. Um, you know, the front court, it, it's an interesting roster. You're gonna have to keep tabs on the rotation early on. I still think their top their top five guys, Graham, Rogier, Hayward, Washington, Bridges, Ball. Um, so six guys. I think all six of them are going to be, you know, in the discussion as far as draft day. You know, it just yeah. depends on how high you're on. You well, are Bridges. To me, Bridges takes a big hit. I mean, he was just spoon fed a ton of minutes last year because they didn't have anywhere else to go. 
Um, Most likely, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm worried about all of them. I would still take, you know, flyers on guys like Washington and Bridges near the yeah. end of a draft. But well, I like your I point about. I think it was you, Shannon. Maybe it was Alex. That maybe a Zeller who sits in the six seven PJ Washington plays a lot of center. You know, they probably change that when they're playing Philadelphia or Cleveland with their old school yeah. centers. But a lot of against a lot of NBA teams, you can get away with a six seven PJ Washington at center. Move Hay- Hayward can certainly play the four, and you'd start Bridges at the three, or you start Rozier at the three with Ball in the in the lineup. When do you think Ball starts for them? We've got on the Rotowire depth chart that Graham and Rozier begin the season as the starters. Uh, does it take a month? Does it take a week? Does it take two months? What do we think? I I wouldn't be surprised if he came off the bench all year and kind of like ran the second unit. Um, just so they can, you know, you like, he can't shoot like very well at all. So he's 19 years old. He's 19 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think you want him to be able to have the ball in his hands and you want him to be able to do what he does best, which is just being a pure passer and a pure playmaker. And that's not going to really happen if he's in the starting lineup, um, with other talented players. (laughs) So I, I think, I think he'll come off the bench. I feel like from a team chemistry move, make him earn it on the second squad and then everyone can agree. Yeah. We got to get him more minutes versus you just let him have it just due to his pedigree. Right. Now you're pissing off teammates. Well, Shannon, uh, give us a winner or a loser from your list, sir. All right. One of my biggest winners from the off season moves is Michael Porter with yeah. the Denver nuggets. Um, oh, yeah. Had- you wanted to do this before the postseason, the off season started. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, we, we all we've we've talked about it numerous times on the podcast. Michael Porter uh, had finished really strong last year, um, had some good outings in the bubble, some bad outings, too. But uh, flashed what you know, what made him such a high recruit out of high school and, and a good stash by the Nuggets when they drafted him. Um, I expect him with Jeremy Grant now gone. Um, I expect him to take over as starting most likely small forward. Maybe, maybe he'll start it. It's possible to start a power forward. We'll see. They did bring back Paul Millsap. Uh, How begrudgingly do you think they did that? They were just like, okay, well, Grant's gone. Got to bring back the old man. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, whatever. Paul Millsap's still good. He gives them an edge, which they do need. And, you know, that helped with, with them beating teams like the Clippers. Right. So Solid defense. Uh, and Porter, we yeah. know, has issues there. So, But I, I think Porter is going to blow up. I, I've said it. it it's, I can't say this with, with a straight face after Jamal Murray's performance in the playoffs, but I said before that Porter could possibly be the best player long-term on the Nuggets. Uh, yeah, that might have been going – going a little bit overboard but i do think he's a legit future all-star and we're going to see him jump up and be you know 18 and 9 or something in that range this season trying to look up his adp this year uh early obviously it's pretty early to be talking adp but yeah i I wouldn't be surprised he's in the 75 range yeah 75 to 80 yeah 77 Um, on one list i'm looking at that you know that's heck that's when you go for upside guys, you know, on the list right. I'm looking at Christian Woods right behind him, uh, qualifying at center, but that's when you take those types. Don't you? I mean, if you screw up a sixth round pick, 
or a, a guy doesn't blow up like you hope he blows up, it's not really killing your team. Yeah, I mean, if you can get Christian Wood, Michael Porter back to back around 75 or 80, that would be nice. Um, I yeah, the concern with Michael Porter Jr. is obviously the injury um, downside. He has all the upside in the world, like Shannon was saying, could average 20 points a game. Um, but there was a reason he slipped so far in the draft is because he, even with that upside, almost every team in the league was too scared to draft him. Um, is and it a so, back issue? It's the, it's yeah, the back, back issue. And his, his whole family has, I mean, his, his brother um, has injury issues. I think his sisters have had injury issues. So um, you, you got to keep that in mind when drafting him. But I think that 75 range is kind of that appropriate like risk-reward management um, spot. Well, I know this will surprise you too, but I cannot shake my uh, bad back pain issues either. <laughs> <laughs> Despite all the insane workouts I've been doing. Right. Uh, Shannon, give us a loser, sir. For a loser, I'm going to Brooklyn. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert are Absolutely. both losers in my book. I, I still... You know, of the two, I like Levert more long term. Um, I expect Levert to have solid fantasy value this season, uh, but I will. I it's most likely I'm going to avoid Dinwiddie, like the flag. Uh, you know, he's his ADP has pretty much reflected that he is uh, going in the 125 range right now. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for me to pick him. I just, I just you know I look at other guys in that same range, and you have. Uh, Seth Curry, Derek Rose. I'd rather have Derek Rose, honestly. Um, I, I am I am scared of Dinwiddie and the fact that you have Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, both you know hopefully healthy all year. Um, I just I don't think he's going to get the run and, and the the usage that he needs to be a top 100 fantasy player. The one bright light for Dinwiddie, other than his improved play over the last few years, is just Kyrie Irving getting hurt again. You know, that wouldn't, I don't, that wouldn't sh- be shocking. I, you know, uh, I talked about this in my one question um, article uh, and for the Atlantic and the Atlantic division. Uh, obviously, you've got Irving and Durant taking roughly 40 plus field goal attempts per game. That doesn't leave a lot for Dinwiddie, Lavert, or Joe Harris. I actually hypothesized that Joe Harris, who only needs 10 to 11 shots per game to hit last year's fantasy value, he might be the least affected because his catch and shoot game might actually fit best with Durant and Irving, almost in a John Paxson, Steve Kerr-like role, right? Um, Whereas Lavert and Dinwiddie, they need the ball in their hands. They need lanes to drive. And I just don't know if they're going to be there. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm I'm not too worried about Joe Harris. He might be affected a little bit. I'm I'm a little worried about. I mean, other than well, first of all, all of these guys, other than Dinwiddie and maybe even Dinwiddie to some extent, injury concerns for Brooklyn are very real. Yeah, Kyrie, yeah. Perenger, uh, he, he's hurt every year. Durant coming off the Achilles. Lavert's hurt every year. Um, so some of these guys, it, it's risky to draft any of them. And you know, Kyrie, I'm especially worried about because he had a fantastic year last year when he was healthy. He only played 20 games, but he was incredible. I when he during his time in Cleveland with LeBron, he averaged only 22 points a game. And, you know, I think this team, at its potential is better than those teams. So I don't think it would be surprising if if Irving took like a 
not huge step back, but if he only averaged 21, 22 points a game or something like that. Yeah. Well, and also we don't really know much what kind of load management those two might be on. Yeah, that too. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Lever, or, or Durant for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if he played 45, 50 games out of the 72. Um, Especially early in the season. Yeah, he's someone I'm I'm worried to draft. I wouldn't draft him in the first round. I know there's going to be a ton of people drafting him in the first round. I just wouldn't do it. Um, right. But. His per game value will be great. Not worried about that, but I'm with you. I think both Kyrie and Kevin Durant, uh, especially if Brooklyn's winning games, they will be on the Kawhi Leonard, Paul George rest pattern that we saw last season. So that that does worry me. Alex, give us one of your losers. Uh, Miles Bridges was one, and then we touched on that. Um, you know, I'm just frustrated with this Rashawn Holmes, Hassan Whiteside situation. I think they could both end up being losers. Uh, <laughs> because, I, I mean, I think, you know, the, most people who are clamoring for Rashawn Holmes to see more minutes are fantasy NBA players. Me? Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. And they, they add Hassan Whiteside on like a one year minimum deal. And it just clogs up minutes for Holmes, who's probably going to see less minutes. But I also uh-huh. think they want him to play. So I think Whiteside's not. I think, that, long story short, I think they're going to split time. I think they're both going to lose fantasy value. Um, I'll still draft Holmes late. I will still draft Hassan Whiteside with the assumption that he plays 24 minutes a game. But I just, it's it. they're both losers. Does Whiteside but, grouse, knowing he's on a one-year deal, knowing he probably still wants one more big contract, Every time Holmes starts or gets more minutes than him, I don't see Whiteside being a team guy. Do you? No, I mean, he's saying, you know, he's saying the right things, but so does almost every other player when they're on a one year minimum deal and they're trying to make the league, <laughs> yeah. you know, keep, keep their value up. Yeah. 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 All right, the, well, good about, the, good, the good news about Whiteside is the fact that even if he only plays 22 to 24 minutes per game, he can put up some pretty good fancy look stats. At, look at the ball. I think I think Rashawn Holmes is done. I don't. I would not draft him at all. Uh, I, I mean, I, not at all. I, there's always a league deep enough where I would draft him. Um, but I, I've never been a fan. I don't think he's as good as what he what he played or produced last year. I think that was just a byproduct of getting the minutes. Um, I don't think he's good enough to keep Whiteside off the floor or to keep you know eventually if they decide to move Bagley to the five. Whatever it may be, I just am not a believer in Rashawn Holmes, so I I am avoiding him in drafts. Mm, even though he shoots fifty eight percent from the field, I don't care. <laughs> Actually, shot sixty five percent last year, but uh, fifty eight career. Uh, okay, I'm showing off eyeballs, and when I watch him play, I don't I don't think he's that good of a player, and I don't think he's going to be able to beat off legit competition like Whiteside and Frank Kaminsky. Better. I just threw that out there for the, the Badger fans. Um, better fantasy season. Whiteside, Holmes, or Boogie Cousins? I think I'm going to say Whiteside. I'm worried about Cousins' injuries still. Um, uh, of those, yeah, of those three, I would, I would draft Whiteside first. Okay. So The blocks are kind of... He, he's going to sell out on defense for blocks, which fantasy owners want and uh, team coaches do not. <laughs> um all right have we dipped into my uh well i we already mentioned lavert and dinwiddie i have him all right let's stay in sacramento i think tyrese halliburton is a loser getting drafted by the kings 
Number one, I don't trust Luke Walton. I'm not convinced he knows what he's doing. I don't trust <laughs> Sacramento Brain Trust in general. Um, I think he would have been way better off if Detroit, the Knicks, or San Antonio had drafted him from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, and I just think he's blocked by Fox, Buddy Heald, and Harrison Barnes. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very much speaking this season. Um, I know we love Tyrese Halliburton and all the Rotowire pre-draft content. Do you guys agree or disagree as, as far as putting Halliburton on a loser list? Uh, I mean, I think he's... Uh... The thing, Luke Walton will not commit to saying Buddy Heald is a starter. So that concerns me from Buddy Heald's perspective, actually. <laughs> it's just weird, isn't it? It is. They hate Buddy Heald in Sacramento. And I wouldn't be <laughs> Except surprised. The Except the owner. Except the owner. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if he got traded, but they should fire Luke Walton before they trade Buddy Heald. I was going to say, Luke Walton is not going to survive the season. The owner is going to go on some rant when they lose three in a row and just get rid of He's going to go down there himself and fire Walton. Right. Um, yeah, I think I think Halliburton's in a subpar situation, but if he can, I think he can still get six-man minutes um, behind, you know, kind of at the two guards and the small forward. Um, he's a versatile enough player, but it's, it's, it's risky drafting him, I would say, based on the situation. Excellent. Yeah, for for this season, I, I would I still really like him. Dynasty. Um, I actually think the Kings are going to run out a lot of three guard lineups and have Halliburton, Heald, and Fox all on the court at the same time. Um, I, I they don't have great depth, so you know when I'm looking at their bench, they, they're like I mentioned. Yeah, you know, I mentioned if Bagley plays any minutes at the five, that means Harrison Barnes is getting minutes at the four, which means Heald or Halliburton will play the three. So and and you look at their depth at one, two, three beyond Buddy Heald, Fox and, and Halliburton and Barnes, and there's really nothing. Um so I, I think Halliburton will get minutes. Um but like like most rookies, he'll he'll struggle. Yeah. All right. Uh we're getting near the end here, gentlemen. Uh got, I got I want you to talk about one of your winners, Ken, okay. uh Al Horford. Al Horford is purely on the winner list because he's going from scoring option, gosh, four or five at Philly to number one or two in OKC. He's going to get the rebounds. He's going to get a great assist for a center. Um, he's going to get cr- as many minutes as he possibly wants because him and SGA are the only talent. I know you guys are big Dort fans, but he's the they're the only talent on this Thunder team. He should get crazy run, and he no longer has to fight to own the key on offense. So I love Al Horford as a fading old guy. I don't want him on any keeper leagues per se, but I think people are just going to forget about him. Think about that terrible contract, but the playing opportunity in OKC for me is huge for Al Horford. I'm with you. I totally agree, Ken. Uh, there is, I mean, he could have a career high in assist with with OKC. Um, yeah. He's been he's been four or higher four years in a row. Um, yep. Career high was five with the Celtics in 2016-2017. There's he's, there's he's awesome chance. passing from the elbow. Yeah, they put him at the elbow. He sees the floor really well, just like Gasol. You know, he is he is 34. Um, he is coming off. You know one of the worst seasons of his career. Exactly. Uh, I don't, I don't think he's, 
Right. I don't think he's like done completely. Um, I, I there's going to be a, a resurgence from Al Horford in OKC. I, I think he's going to be like a top 80, 90 fantasy player this year. Easy. Yeah. So easy. I'm, I'm and all, there's also no I, downside to him being a ball hog. You know, he's been a team guy his whole career focused on the team wins and not his own stats. But this is a situation where he really does need to be a usage hog. And I think he will. I think he might have fun with it. Now, I do want to talk about your your comment about the lack of talent on this team. It, it's it's true, but I there. Uh, okay. You met, mentioned Dort. I like Dort for fantasy this year. I like Baisley a lot. Um, okay. Tell me more about Baisley. Tell us more about your Baisley club. Yeah, Baisley and Dort are the two guys where everyone knows about SGA. SGA might be top 10 fantasy player this year. And I don't think that's even a stretch uh, to say so. Uh, But Dort and Baisley are the guys I like. Baisley had some really good games uh, down the stretch last year. Uh, I think he starts uh, for them. You know, we we might see Baisley and and Dort both start at the the two forward positions. Uh, Dort's only 6'3". So we'll see. I'm not as confident in him getting tons of run at the small forward spot, but I think Baisley starts at four and gets tons of minutes this year. Okay. Okay. So we've got projections for Baisley in the Rotowire system, 25 minutes a game, eight points, five and a half boards, uh, a block, an assist, and half a steal, uh, a hair over one, three a game. You think that's low? I think that's extremely low. Yes. Going to have to have a value in other projections meeting at the company HQ. All right. All right. Uh, and Alex, why don't you finish this segment with one of your winners or losers? Uh, I think Matisse Thibault is a winner. Um, trading away, you know, Josh Richardson, getting Seth Curry and Danny Green. I don't know how much either of those guys are going to play. Um, you know, I, they have upside, both of those guys, for 30 minutes a game, right? But neither, both of them saw about 24 minutes a game last year. And if that's the case, then they both just might take up all the shooting guard minutes, those two guys, and not play that much small forward. And in that case, there is a ton of small forward minutes available. Um, and I think Matisse Thibault is the obvious guy who is going to see a bump in minutes. Um, you know, Furkan Korkmaz I, I, is still there. I think he's going to get a ton of minutes. I'm a little worried about his shots. How many shots are available for the guy? Yeah, I still his defense. It's really for him. It's defensive upside, um, you know, upside for three com- combined steals and blocks a game um, can maybe hit a three pointer per game, get some rebounds. Um, you know, he'll be competing with Cork Maz and Shake Milton for bench minutes. But I feel pretty good about uh, about Matisse Thibault this year. I don't know. I, he's a late round flyer for me. Um, and you'll need points elsewhere. He's four shots a game in 20 minutes last year. But uh you're right. The stocks, the stocks will be there, and presumably the threes will be there. You just, you assume he takes that sophomore year leap in improved percentages. Yeah, that would be my guess. All right, I know we should move on, but nobody's mentioned Jeremy Grant. I kept waiting for either of you guys. No. How how much does he blow up, Shannon, with your business? He doesn't. He does. he, Ooh. He, it's awesome. He'll blow up if if and and this is a big if. I mean, if Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose stay healthy, I don't. I really don't expect Jeremy Grant to blow up. Um, That's he's a not big the type if. Of, that is the definition of a big if. 
I know he's just he's not the type of player who's going to go out there and score 25 points per game or anything along those lines. He he can he could be good. He can have the best season of his career. That's entirely possible. Um, but the two the two lead players on this team are going to be Blake Griffin and and Derrick Rose when healthy. Um, you know they're even. I, I expect the team to try to lean heavily on Killian Hayes as well. You know, he's really their, their prize piece from this off season. Um, and you've got guys like DeWan Wright, DeWan Wright, the, the hype that DeWan Wright had going into last year when he joined Dallas, that actually might be real with Detroit this year. He might actually get the opportunity to play 30 minutes a game. Um, I, I, if you like Jeremy Grant in past seasons, then it's okay to like him again this year. I, you know, again, our projections, I think are reasonable. We have Matt like 16, six with one steal and one block. So that's, if he does better than that, I'll be surprised. Ooh. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised to hear this, Alex, what's the over under on games. Rose and Griffin are on the floor together. Oh, t- on the floor together. Yeah. Um, I, I think be... it's like 15 to 20 somewhere that range. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe 30. It's rough. Um, I also, I, as far as a winner on Detroit goes, I do think Mason Plumley is a winner. I think yes. he has the center minutes yeah. mostly to himself. I would love but to average, see him. It wouldn't shock me if he averaged a double-double just out of sheer need for a big man in that lineup. Yeah, double-double, three assists maybe. Yeah, uh, I mean, like 10 that. and 10, just scraping by, you know, but yes. 10 and 10. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not too many 2020s out of Mason Plumley. No. <laughs> Mason Plumley's career high in minutes played per game is 26 and a half. If he plays 30, 30 to 32 minutes per game, he is going to be a walking double double. He's going to have good assist. The free throw shooting is a nightmare, unfortunately. Yes. Free throw He's going to get hacked a, a lot. Yeah. But he, he'll, he'll, get, he'll get blocks. Yeah, not a, just a decent number of blocks. Um, he'll get more assists than, than the average center. Uh, his field goal percentage will be great. Um, really, the only downside would be his free throw percentage and, and total lack of three pointers. But uh, I am I'm a big fan of Mason Plumley, even if I don't agree with the signing for the Pistons from a fantasy standpoint. I think he's going to be great. So you know, I know you, I know you guys are fantasy expect- gold. Yes, they are, and I know you guys were expecting some kind of. Detroit Pistons fan rant from me this this episode, but it's not coming, man. It's not coming. All right, yeah, I you're, you're just gonna you're just gonna give us sunshine for Killian Hayes five minutes yes. so for, for if, now to the rest of the season. <laughs> and instead, I'll let Ken handle the rants. So, Ken, why don't you <laughs> take us into your old man rant? What I really want to bitch about is this global pandemic and politics, but you hear that all the time. So let's complain about household appliances. How come appliances don't work anymore? In my day, you got an avocado or mustard-colored fridge or one of those white coffin models, and it would last forever. It'd be made of steel, metal. You couldn't dent the thing. Or maybe you got a gas oven with wrought iron stovetop, and that sucker would burn stuff for decades. But now everything's plastic with fancy smooth buttons, and it all breaks in two years. Remember repairmen? If your oven or dishwasher busted, a guy would show up and fix it. 
Now we just pitch our crummy giant plastic device in the landfill and put another giant plastic device in. It's maddening. And you can't buy anything without being pitched an extended two-year warranty. Two years? This sucker should last four decades. Also, it disappoints me how some people do not own a separate beer fridge. Beer needs its own space away from the prying eyes of spouses and children. My buddy, my buddy Jake has a fridge that's older than my parents, who are in their 70s. Uh, and, you know, it came with the house that he bought. Um, it weighs more than my car. That's why it and, comes with the houses. The old school fridges don't move. It's like, oh, yeah. this, is, this is just staying. I'm pretty sure you get a new disease every time you eat something out of the fridge. Too, but <laughs> Two men had to go to the hospital who had to move it in there because they broke their backs. <laughs> right. <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> well, guys, did we mispronounce any names this pod? Um, I don't think so. I don't Maybe think so. Not. No. I think we did. All right. Schroeder, well, Schroeder. But either is acceptable. We're okay yeah, I with put that. You that. that that's me. I avoided all the tough rookies that I haven't <laughs> mastered yet. Yeah, that's why I only talk about Halliburton. Yeah, no, no, Denny Avia. <laughs> no, I yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well done, Alex. Well done. No Pokashevsky talk. <laughs> okay, thank you everybody for joining us on the RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, which is presented by BetMGM. Ken, take us out of here. All right. Uh, I want to say farewell from all of us three amigos. Please check out our podcast video on youtube.com slash rotowire. I'm going to use an old Dennis Smith Jr. quote while he's still an NBA player. Did you guys watch that Knicks game where he lost his tooth? And they ran to the bench and somehow was able to put his tooth back in. I was watching that game live. It was kind of laughing. It was kind of silly. Anyway, they asked him about it later. He said, quote, I knew there would be cameras, and when there's cameras, it's going to social media. And when there's social media, there's ladies looking. And when there's ladies looking, I've got to be looking nice. I thought that'd be appropriate, you know, for our first YouTube video pod. Anyway, attention passengers, this three-car fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the line. (laughs) 